0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hey there, Russ Green here, along with Susie Clark. Bringing you yet another Parenting Your Challenging Child radio program, sponsored by Lives in the Balance. Uh, I'm coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. Susie is in upstate New York where she lives, but she's phoning in as the co host of the program. Susie, how are you today?
2: I'm well, thank you. And you?
1: I am well. Though I am sorry to see that the whole spanking thing has, as these things almost always do, faded from our consciousness. It was hot for a while, maybe three days. Things tend to stay hot in the media for three days, and then we move on to the next hot thing and lose track of the old hot thing Uh, too bad because um, getting people to stop hitting their kids should probably be very high on our agenda. We can keep it hot on this radio program, but um, too bad that it doesn't stay hot just because the news cycle, just we lose our attention. And um, I've been told quite frankly by a member of the media that, North Americans have very short attention spans, so things come and go, and um, nothing really changes all that much. But once again, helping people uh, work with behaviorally challenging kids in ways that do not involve hitting, do not involve anything punitive or adversarial, um, that's one of our goals on this radio program, and here's the nice part. See, People do seem to be benefiting from the collaborative and proactive solutions approach. In fact, for a lot of folks, it actually seems to be rather revolutionary. In fact, that's the feedback we get. Um, but haven't seen much about spanking in the news for about a week. It has faded. Oh, well. I'll tell you what we do have. We do have a list of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems, from our mom in area code 323 for her daughter, who we have been calling Debbie. And that mom has just called in, and so what I thought we would start with today is reviewing um, Debbie, once again not her real name. We're going to review what the mom came up with, and I have good news. Mom did a good job. Um, First of all, we would say mom did a good job um, just by doing it. But not only did mom do a good job by doing it, mom did a great job of writing unsolved problems. Um, And so, Susie, if it's okay with you, I'm going to bring mom on the line with us now. What do you think?
2: Absolutely. She's very brave to start trying
1: the model. She certainly is. Mom, how are you today?
0: I'm okay. Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm doing okay, and I was delighted to receive your list of lagging skills and unsolved problems. And I must say, I'm not just saying this. You did an amazing job.
0: Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, it feels good well, to have it done. I'll say that.
1: It feels good to what?
0: It feels good to have done it, <laughs> to have completed this task. So I feels good to have it written out and to be able to see it. And uh, now when things come to mind, I have something to add to it. Um, it's already there. So that also feels good.
1: Good. And that's, that's a good thing because um, some people get overwhelmed by how many lagging skills and unsolved problems their kid has. But as I said last week, Often, after they're through being overwhelmed by the sheer number of things they have to work on, they start feeling less overwhelmed because the lagging skills help them get to know their kid through a different prism. And that is good, given all of the things that we could say about a behaviorally challenging kid. Um, Much more humane and much more compassionate, but also much more accurate to be viewing a child who's having difficulties through the prism of lagging skills. I didn't count the number of lagging skills. I guess I could have, but it looked like you had a meaningful number, maybe 15 or 20 on there. And, of course, as always happens, your number of unsolved problems is even greater. But let me ask you a question. What felt good about it? Because overwhelmed is the feedback I often get, but I'd like to get it from you. What, what felt good about it?
0: You know, I I think that when you're living day-to-day with a child who's struggling, you know, it's just like this fog of challenge and difficulty and yelling. And so to sort of identify what it is that's leading to that just feels good. I didn't think I could piece it out. You know, it's just one incident. It it feels like we're bouncing often from one incident to the next. Um, And I, I didn't know how I was going to, be able to write out and identify what it was that actually happened that led to each of those situations. It just felt like it was sort of sometimes it just moves too quickly. Um, so it just felt good to know that, oh, wait, hey, we we do know what's happening with our kid on some level, not always, and we can identify what led to each of those explosions. And um, so that that felt good. I felt like I'm sort of moving out of that, that cloud a little bit.
1: Outstanding. Now here's the other Advantage. The minute you write down an unsolved problem, something wonderful happens to that unsolved problem. It becomes predictable. And the nice thing about making it predictable, and not not predictable with a hundred percent reliability, because I'm sure you would tell us that none of the unsolved problems you wrote in happen with one hundred percent reliability. A lot of people um get a little off track with that as well they'll say if it doesn't happen 100% of the time should i write it in you're you're not looking for 100%ers 100%ers are actually fairly rare um what you're looking for is any um expectation that sets in motion a challenging episode with with a higher probability so we're working we're looking for uh expectations that are increase the likelihood of a challenging episode And um, you did it. So here's the good... So first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, And I'm glad that there's some part of this that is feeling good. Let me ask this. This is a uh, question that occasionally comes up. Um, Many people have historically viewed my model, now called Collaborative and Proactive Solutions, as being strength-based, although sometimes people... Think of it as not strength-based because of its uh, looking at the lagging skills part. But so I have an interesting question before before we leap into your unsolved problems. How did you feel thinking, contemplating what skills Debbie is lacking? Was there any part of that that felt bad? Any part of it that felt good? What? not the unsolved problems, not the specific expectations she's having difficulty meeting, but the lagging skills. Did that have any impact on you one way or the other?
0: You know, it's funny that you mention that because you are just focusing on what the kid is struggling with, right? You didn't ask me what is she good at or what's working in her life. So I, I did actually have that feeling of, wow, oh, my goodness, look at all the things she's struggling with. But it doesn't feel like this is not strength-based in that I already know she's struggling <laughs> with all of this. So if I were just going to focus on her strengths, or, or even if I were to add that to the mix, I think I would feel like I was somehow whitewashing all of these challenges. And I, it actually felt really good to identify them because I know that they're there, and I, I can see her um, – I think a little bit more positively as a kid who's struggling in all of these areas rather than this sort of being who's living in my house who's yelling and causing all of these challenges for my family. So it, it definitely was a focus on her challenges. Um, but I, I, I have seen, I have felt this to be much more strength based in that um, the humane way that. We get to look at our child, you know, as a kid who's struggling, rather than a kid who maybe is mentally ill or who has this diagnosis mm-hmm. or who can't who can't make it in the world. It's just that we're gonna we're gonna handle one of these challenges at a time, and we're gonna plan ahead, and we're gonna come up. and I think that the whole Plan B process from what it from what it appears and from what we're trying to do as unbelievably strength based, you know.
2: So I don't know if that answers your question. I hope it does. It, it I think does. one no, of I the think- things. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Don't please uh, one of the things that I found by using the model is that you do find the strength within yourself to help your child, and um,
1: it empowers you
3: hmm.
1: because I you're think seeing it helps. yeah, yeah, I think it helps to. To me, this is the main advantage of the lagging skills. I mean, there's a disadvantage to it because they're not strength-based. But what I've already al- always said is kids aren't challenging most of the time because of their strength. They're challenging most of the time because of their lagging skills. And lagging skills, I find, are a lot more accurate and compassionate and productive than a lot of the things that do get said about these kids. Mm-hmm. Um and so i think that a big part of helping parents find the strength to deal with all of this is the different is seeing their kid through a different set of lenses and i think that viewing a child through the prism of lagging skills brings out the compassion in all of us in ways that terms like manipulative and attention-seeking and coercive and chain-yanking and unmotivated and limit-testing couldn't possibly bring out of us. So, Susie, I think that's a great point. I think that a big part of helping many parents find the energy is first and foremost helping them view their child through different lenses. I don't know what you both think about that.
2: Right, and seeing it as a developmental delay, as similar to a learning disability. Once you change your lenses, it it helps enormously.
0: Yes, and, and I will say that um, by identifying her challenges, I think that since I read your book and since we've been trying to do this since the summer, I've been feeling more positively towards my child and and able to see when she is doing well how remarkable that is given all of these areas that she's struggling with. So um it it's it helped me um see her see her strengths I think a little bit more clearly even though we're we're focusing on her challenges.
1: That's outstanding. I mean that's 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 the hope. Shall we take a look at some of the unsolved problems you wrote in? Sure because then comes something you may have done already I'm not sure because b- before we're done here we've got to help you prioritize and maybe you've done that already but you you've got a lot of unsolved problems here and you're not going to be able to solve them all at once and here's the amazing thing before these unsolved problems are identified people are trying to solve them all at once because they're basically bouncing from one to another and they're kind of stuck in that red haze of as you said earlier in the program um, it's, you're dealing it when it, with it when it pops up, but you're not necessarily dealing with any of them effectively. So the, the number of them doesn't go down. Um, it just feels like a red haze. The the beautiful thing about identifying them is that the red haze starts to break up a little bit because now you've made it. You've kind of operationalized the red haze. Now you know what you got. And the, the, the slightly daunting part here is you got a lot. The good news is you're not going to be solving them all at once. You're basically going to try to tackle three at a time, each of them separately, of course. But let's the nice thing about making them predictable is that you can start solving them proactively. That's going to be where um, we hope you keep calling back because um, you have done an outstanding job on identifying lagging skills and unsolved problems, Um you may need some support in doing Plan B as well. Maybe not, but shall we take a look at some of these?
0: Sure. Yeah, that would be great. Here we
1: go. Great. So I'm just going to start at the top, the lagging skill, difficulty handling transitions, shifting from one mindset or task to another. Here are the unsolved problems you came up with for that lagging skill. And so the first thing you did right is that you didn't just name one unsolved problem for each lagging skill. You named multiple unsolved problems for each lagging skill, and that is exactly um, how we would have hoped you would have done it. But here we go. Difficulty turning off the TV when in the middle of a program. Beautiful. I couldn't have worded it better myself. Difficulty turning off the TV when the program is over. Perfect. The only thing I might add to these, and this is a judgment call, is whether we'd want to make it slightly more specific by naming a program she's having difficulty turning off. Now, some parents would say, yeah, but she's having trouble turning off the TV program no matter what. I get it. But sometimes it helps the kid talk about it better if we are specific about one program, I call that splitting instead of clumping. And sometimes the information we get about why the child is having difficulty turning off a particular program also helps us understand. We'll have to ask about this once we understand why she's having difficulty turning off one program. That might help us understand why she's having difficulty turning off another. What we're trying to avoid here is asking her about so many programs and assuming that she's having t- difficulty turning them off for the exact same reason that she can't tell us because we've asked about all of the programs simultaneously, you might not run into that. But if you do run into that, if she says, I don't know, or if she goes silent on you, when you ask, if these if these are some of the ones you pick as your high priorities, then you might want to name a specific program that she's having trouble turning off so that she can at least sort of visualize that program and the difficulty she's having, trouble turning it off. Next one. Go ahead.
0: Uh, it's so specific, and I'm, I'm just thinking that I wonder if all of, if I didn't get specific enough in a lot of these categories. You know, I just didn't think about it as that layered, uh, but it's helping and, me to hear you talk it through.
1: Good. And the only thing, that the advantage of being specific is that um, exactly as I just said, sometimes kids need need us to be very specific so that they can sort of figure out, get their bearings on what we're asking about. And once again, I call that splitting. So just as an example, the way we'd split that is, can you name a program that she's having difficulty turning off?
0: Sure. She's younger Um, than
1: my kids, so I'm not going to like. If it was my kids, it'd Um, be difficulty turning off the TV when in the middle of "Say Yes to the Dress," which I can't believe my 17-year-old daughter still watches. But even I sometimes get (laughs) get hooked in to "Say Yes to the Dress." I don't know what it is about that program, but name a program. Your daughter's (laughs) a little younger. What 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 ones are your your daughter having trouble?
0: She likes um, "Boy Meets World."
1: Now that's not even on my radar screen. So difficulty turning off. Boy went to the TV when in the middle of Boy Meets World yes. might set the stage for her to be able to talk about it more easily than when in the middle of a program. And here's the interesting thing. This might not apply to TV. I never know what it's going to apply to. That's That's the tricky part. So my usual rule of thumb is be more specific rather than less specific. Mm-hmm. If we say when in the middle of a program – Name name one other program that she's having trouble turning off. Boy Meets World, is that what it's called?
0: Yes, exactly. Not even
1: on my radio uh, screen. But what's another? Uh, what's another?
0: Uh, Cupcake Wars.
1: Another uh Cupcake Wars, another it's one. It's like my, a cook-
0: my- yes. They're baking cupcakes on this one, and it's uh, a competition.
1: Got it. Well, good to know <laughs> that people are continuously coming up with really great things for kids to watch on TV. But <laughs> uh, Cupcake Wars. So, But if you yeah. say... If you say in the middle of a program, and she's sitting there thinking, now she's got to think about Cupcake Wars and um, what was the first one you named?
0: Boy Meets World.
1: Boy Meets World. And if she's sitting there thinking about those two, and then she's thinking, but I'm having difficulty turning those two off for different reasons. And then she has trouble thinking through the reasons she's having difficulty turning both of them off then you might have just heightened the likelihood of I don't know, Hmm. which means that we've got an I don't know right from the beginning, which is not preferable. It's not catastrophic. It's just not preferable. But if we say, notice that you're having difficulty turning off cupcake wars in the middle of the program, what's up? That would make it easier for her to talk, we hope, and we might avoid an I don't know right from the very beginning. And then after we find out why she's having trouble turning off Cupcake Wars, we can then say to her, because we did get her talking by splitting it, we can then say to her, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that about why you're having trouble turning off Cupcake Wars. What I'm wondering is, is the reason you're having, what we now understand about why you're having trouble turning off Cupcake Wars, does that also help us understand why you're having trouble turning off the other program? The answer is either yes or no. If the answer is no, I'm glad we split it because they're different. Even if the answer is yes, I'm glad we split it because she might have said, I don't know if we hadn't split it in the first place. All that makes sense?
2: Yes, it does.
1: Good. Susie, anything to throw in there?
2: Uh, no, just the part about being as specific as possible, Uh that, so that the kid really understands what it is your concern is.
1: Here's the next one. Difficulty getting started at getting ready for bed. Now, I love that one. Um, here's the only thing about that one. There may be many components to getting ready for bed. If you're not clear on which one of the components of getting ready for bed that she's having trouble with, You may have to break getting ready for bed down into its component parts and split that way. If you are sure which component of getting ready for bed or components of getting ready for bed she's having trouble with, you could ask her about those more specifically. So let me ask you, are there parts of getting ready for bed that she has no trouble with and parts of getting ready for bed that she has a lot of trouble with?
0: Now, I would say it's just getting moving. Just as soon as she's in her room, she's fine. And, and starts moving, she's fine. And she can do everything in order and, and take care of everything. Got it. Pajamas, teeth, everything. It's just getting started.
1: Getting started. I'd probably leave that one alone. Okay. So I think we're in good shape there. The only other, you know, I'm just I'm being picky here because you did a great job. The only thing I might Put in to make it more specific is anything she's leaving to go get ready for bed.
3: Hmm.
1: So difficulty ending ba 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 to start getting ready for bed might be another way to make that more specific, but maybe not necessary. Totally judgment call on your part. Good. Okay. Okay. Difficulty settling down to begin her homework. I would say that I think that one's great. I would say the same thing about that one, though. One thing I will say, homework is clumped. Now, if she's having difficulties settling down to begin some homework and not other homework, then I would be inclined to split that. Okay. But I think, but um, tell me, so is she having trouble settling down to start all homework? And what is she doing before she's supposed to start her homework that she's supposed to settle down from to get her homework started? Because we might be able to make that one a little more specific, too.
0: Hmm. Um, So I think it it could be... I I think it's all homework, although I know that if she... Um, it's, although I need to pay attention to that because it's possible that if it's a homework assignment that's harder, maybe it's harder for her to settle down. But I think it's I think it's any of her homework. Um, and I think it's, you know, usually she's having a snack when she gets home and then um, either she will just do it, just get into her homework, or um, she might find another activity that she's enjoying, coloring a picture, making a project for someone, riding her bike, and then just... It's not on her radar, you know she's just having trouble transitioning there, or she's mm-hmm. bored, and she also doesn't want to do her homework so and that happens a lot where she'll start complaining that she wants to watch t v We don't usually watch t v on school days, so it's this is a challenging she'll go into sort of that mode of wanting t v and not wanting to do her homework. I don't know if that answers the question, but...
1: um... It, It does, but it makes me more inclined to get rid of settling down Okay. and to put difficulty getting started on and then a few specific homework assignments. Okay. Because you're naming a few different scenarios in which getting started on her homework would be difficult she might be outside playing, she might want to watch tv, she might be bored. but it does sound like um so i might get rid of settling down and replace okay. it with starting. okay. getting started. That, that that's that i'm being really picky here so because the, these are actually fine but we're also helping other people who are listening to this know how they could word their unsolved problems. I don't want to diminish the fact that you did an incredible job with this. Um, You could probably get away with difficulty settling down to begin her homework, but um, uh, the, the thing we're trying to avoid there is she might look at you and say, I'm not having trouble settling down, in which case getting started on her homework might have been a little bit more precise. What do you think?
0: i I like getting started. I think that that does feel feel more accurate okay I think i would I would get rid of the settling down and get and and put it getting started Got on it. on specific assignments yeah,
1: good. Okay. Let's do a few more here. We're not we're clearly not going to get through them all, but here's I'm just going in order here. Here's difficulty persisting on shaf- well let me ask you this: are there any ones that you would like us to pay particular attention to here? in terms of ones that you're thinking, because you're getting some feedback on clumping here. So my bet is that you can probably go through and see where you might have clumped a little and could make it a little bit more specific. Um, I do want to give you feedback on one here, and then then I'll ask you. Here's one. Difficulty completing math homework when challenging, which was part of the lagging skill of difficulty persisting on challenging or tedious tasks. Amazingly enough... When challenging could actually be a theory.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, And so we are safer because when challenging, uh, but here's the deal. Even if it's not a theory, it's clumped because it refers to many different math homework assignments that could be challenging. So I might encourage you there to get rid of when challenging
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and put instead math homework that you know to be hard for her if you're pretty clear on what math homework assignments do tend to be hard for her. So an example might be, and I she, she may be beyond this, but difficulty completing double-digit division problems mm-hmm. on the math worksheet for homework.
3: Got it, okay,
1: and so, when challenging it is at the very least clumped because it refers to multiple different assignments, mm-hmm. and I would say the same for difficulty completing writing assignments when challenging that could be the term paper in English, that could be the definitions to the spelling words, that could be a lot of things. that makes sense?
3: It
0: does make sense um. It varies so much from week to week, but Got I it. but I hear you and and actually that double digit division one was a perfect example. Um, oh, good word problems, but you know, but they it does change. So uh, I guess that's just where I'm having trouble. Well,
1: but I here's guess the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh,
0: but I guess what you're asking is what's the issue right now, and so whatever she's struggling with on her homework right now is what I would put in.
1: That's right, and just remember. The wording is the beginning that's going to open up a universe for you, okay? So your wording of the unsolved problem um, could what what she starts talking about could extend well beyond what you begin with, And so really, the main reason I'm kind of persnickety about the wording of the unsolved problems is because we want to get this off to a good start but not because it's the only thing you guys are going to talk about when you first raise it. So it's possible that if you said, I've noticed that you're having difficulty completing the double-digit division problems on the worksheet for math homework, what's up? That she would say something like, I hate math. And then, we're, and we'll talk about this shortly, you're going to start drilling for information, Ah, you hate math. Help me understand why you hate math. So all of a sudden, she's broadened it up. What you did by wording an unsolved problem well is try to get rid of as many I don't knows and silence as you could. But we really have no idea what she's going to say. And she just broadened it out for us. Right? Now, she might not say that. She might say, I hate double-digit division problems in which case you're going to start drilling for information on her hatred of double-digit division problems. But if she says, I hate math, she's just broadened it on you, right? And you're going to start drilling, ah, you hate math. Um, Help me understand, what is, is it that you hate about math? It's really hard. It's really hard. Help me understand what's really hard. It's all really hard. So now here's what's happening. The unsolved problem is now morphing, as I call it. The unsolved problem is morphing. You're getting information about math in general, and I think this is going to be a very productive discussion. Here's the main point. If you'd have asked about math in general, you would have increased the likelihood of silence or I don't know. But if you ask about a specific math assignment, you increase the likelihood that she is going to talk, even though the conversation could go more global on you. All of that makes sense?
0: Yes, it does.
1: So we the whole reason we're being... Possible, go ahead.
0: And then We, we want to start as specific and as detailed as possible. That Correct. Your, your sense is that that helps the child open up more, and then Correct. We, we'll see wherever it takes us.
1: Right. Okay. Good? Yes. So now let me ask you, are there any that you wanted... Any particular help with? Because I think that the feedback you're getting now, just on the first five or six, are going to help you with the others. Um, yeah,
0: it's good. yeah, I think I need to revisit these now
1: um,
0: and unclump them. <laughs> um, but yes, that uh, that was that was helpful. I, I will just say there there was one in particular that I really struggled with. Um, which I have doubt is number eleven, but it was chronic irritability and or anxiety significantly impedes yes. capacity to problem solve I, yes. you know it was it rang so true to me, and i I couldn't figure out how to even put that down you know she she's irritable, you know I feel like that irritability comes into play in so many of these, and I wasn't sure yes. how to give you specifics with that.
1: Well, it's possible that you already did because one of the things that happens when you are naming as many unsolved problems for for each lagging skill is that the further down the list of lagging skills you go, the more you start saying, um, yes, there are unsolved problems associated with that lagging skill, but none that I haven't mentioned so far. And um, and, And the reason for that is because multiple lagging skills could be contributing to the same unsolved problem Mm -hmm. So if what you wrote down for chronic irritability or anxiety significantly impede capacity to problem-solve or heighten frustration, if you came up with nothing new there, but everything you thought of you had already written in for prior lagging skills, then you should be feeling fine about that one.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: On the other hand, if the ones you wrote in... Difficulty with anxious feelings about her hair. I would word that differently. Uh, you'd have to, you know, uh, you don't have to feel bound to include the lagging skill in the unsolved problem. In fact, you should make no effort whatsoever to include the wording of the lagging skill in the unsolved problem. But it does sound like there is some unsolved problem going on with her hair um, that you'd have to word. Uh, in a way that dis- d- told us what that difficulty would be, but the anxious feelings probably wouldn't be it. What's going on with her hair?
0: Um, well, if she doesn't. she's very specific and particular about it. If she doesn't like how it looks, it's an explosion, and then that le- makes it hard to leave the house to go to school in the morning. So it. would it be, um, I don't know, difficulty feeling good about her hair or difficulty leaving the house in the morning if she's unhappy with her, how her hair looks?
1: That would be fine. I like the latter one better. The only other one I would suggest is difficulty... um, Yeah, I think the second one was better than the first. Difficulty leaving for school in the morning when she's not happy with how her hair looks. Okay. And by the way, just to make you feel even better, even that one, I have actually worked with a kid on that one. Hmm. And it was very interesting. This girl that I used to work with had very straight hair. And she had this vision that her hair would look a certain way when she left the house. And it was the impossible dream. Her hair was not going to look like the hair that... So I asked her to show me a picture of what she wanted her hair to look like. And she showed me what she wanted her hair to look like. And I looked at the picture and I looked at her hair. And I looked at her mother, and I said, because I don't know a whole lot about hairstyling, I said, is this even doable? Mm-hmm. And the mother sort of got this look on her face and said, we've been trying. And I looked at the girl, and I said, can your hair even look like this? And it led to an actually a very interesting discussion about what her hair could realistically look like when, in terms of... And so she was aiming for something that, given her hair type, wasn't even feasible. And when she came around to that, we she started working with her mother on hair looks that were more feasible, given her hair type. And I don't know if that has anything to do with what you're dealing with, but um, sometimes it's good to get a gauge for what a kid is shooting for and what a kid's definition of good-looking hair is. Yeah. Um, but I think I think we've got the wording down. Yeah. You want to rely on me more for wording than you do on what it's possible to make hair look like, because that's not going to be my forte.
0: <laughs> Good to know.
1: Yeah, no, that's that would not be an area of expertise for me. So if you if you feel like hair was mentioned in another unsolved problem, then I wouldn't feel like I that you needed to put a lot of energy into attaching any to irritability or anxiety per se. Um, so you'd know better. I love this one. Uh, I, I wouldn't word it exactly this way, feeling self-conscious of what parents and siblings say or do publicly. I might word that one to begin with self-conscious, with the word difficulty. Um, difficulty when mom, dad, or siblings. Um, and then you'd have to continue that one and decide how you'd want to split that Um Here's what's interesting about that one. The only editorial comment I have on that one is that um, many kids find their parents and siblings to be um, ridiculously embarrassing. The only difference is the degree of difficulty of the behaviors the kid exhibits when they are embarrassed. So what's really interesting is there are kids who would not be called especially behaviorally challenging, but who do find what their parents and siblings do in public to be excruciatingly embarrassing. It's just that it kind of gets slightly swept under the rug. I'm not saying it should get swept under the rug just because they're not behaviorally challenging, but just to go back to a point that I frequently make, if there's anything nice about behaviorally challenging kids, um, it's that there aren't many secrets a lot of the time. You know when she's upset about something or when she's struggling with something because she's not very good at keeping it a secret in one respect, that's kind of cool. In in many other respects, it's not that cool, but in that one respect, kind of cool. Susie, anything to throw in here? I know I've been talking a lot here.
2: Um, I just wanted to say that, realistically, um, the first Plan B discussions don't always get the job done, and... um, one of the great things about Plan B is it teaches the adult to leave the conversation with the child that if a solution isn't mutually satisfying and working, that you revisit the problem and work out a solution that does work. So, um, you know, you might want to, there's nothing wrong with starting with an easy problem too um as opposed to one that is the most challenging, just to get your plan b c legs and The only other thing that I wanted to add was about making an appointment with your daughter in a calm moment to talk to her about these um difficulties i I found that just worked wonders. I know I always appreciate when somebody gives me a heads up about what they want to talk to me about. And uh I found the same was true with my children.
1: Hmm. So mom, like let me I... ask you this. Go ahead, yes. sorry.
0: Oh I like that's an interesting idea to start with one that's not so hard because we have been trying to start with some that were most glaring that we sort of had to deal with. Um but i like the i i know so i assume that that's what we needed to start with but the the idea of starting with something that might be a little bit less heated um is an interesting one just to for us all to sort of learn the process and for her to have trust in us in this and um it was an interesting something that i hadn't considered
1: well and the only thing i would caution on that is that sometimes ones that feel like they're gonna be easy with easy defined as not heated turn out not to be so easy hmm. as they seemed before you got into the empathy step. So every so sometimes heat related to an unsolved problem doesn't necess low heat related to an unsolved problem doesn't always equal easy. Um so you'll find out. But That's not a terrible place to start. I like Susie's point very much. In the little bit of time that we have left, because we only have four minutes left, um, uh, Mom, let's help you prioritize here. And then here's the bad news, and I'm not even sure Susie knows this, I am, unfortunately, um, well, fortunately, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina, next Monday, speaking at the North Carolina Association of School Psychologists, but that means we won't be able to do this program next Monday, and then I'll be in Australia speaking the following Monday, and so we're going to go two Mondays here without this program, which means that our next one won't be until October 20th. Now, Mom, I'm going to email you because I don't want to let you go so long without the support that we've been providing you on this program. So you'll be hearing from me so that we don't sort of leave you in the lurch for three weeks. Um, but let's help you prioritize at the very least. What um, what did you think your top priorities would be?
0: Um, it's a tough one. Um, I, I think that one of them, which I actually don't think I spelled out clearly enough here. Is um, I, I kind of I kind of wrote it on number sixteen dis- difficulty. Okay, one second, sweetie. Difficulty taking into account situational factors that would suggest the need to adjust our plan of action.
1: Okay, so and that's, I wrote, it, I know, that's a lagging. Skill. Wrote, Go ahead.
0: Right, I wrote difficulty being flexible when grandparents are in town visiting and we're trying to find an activity for the day. But Got it's it. actually a bigger issue than that. It's it's sort of managing managing our free time and i I wrote it in other areas too but i just that was the one that popped out okay my two-year-old is here um you know trying to And and we've noticed that
1: you have to go sometimes when your two-year-old shows up on the scene so if you need to that's fine
0: okay well I'll, i'll just say that that's the one is managing free time is what to do when she's bored what to do on weekends um, both as for her to do independently and as a family, how how to handle how to handle free time. And I know that's too big, and I need to narrow that down. But that's just huge because it comes up all the time. Um, I love it. So it.
3: Okay.
1: So let's let you go attend to your two year old. Me and you okay. can exchange an email and figure out um, how that one should be worded. You're right. I think that one's going to need some meaningful splitting. But okay. I love it as a good place to start. Um, But I also want to coach you a little bit on using Plan B, which I think you've tried doing already, but I just want to tune it up a little bit so that we're not leaving you in the lurch. Sound like a plan?
0: Sure, yes.
1: Good. Thank you for doing this yet again, and we hope that we can maintain this with you for a little bit longer because I think you're helping a lot of people by um, being willing to participate in this.
0: Well, I'm just so grateful for you and for Susie and all this amazing help that I'm getting with this. So thank you so much. Um it's just it's just been the last week or two has just been such a huge shift for us. So thank you. I'm really grateful. Delighted. Okay.
1: Have a good few weeks. Right. Uh,
0: thank you you too. Bye-bye. Thank Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, this is what it this is this is it, huh Susie.
2: This is it. The only other thing I wanted to just possibly make a suggestion was to, um, if she could make an appointment with her daughter's teacher and communicate early on in the year that um, more specifically which homework is giving her daughter trouble so the teacher has an idea of what's going on at home.
1: No reason for her to feel alone on that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Susie, I hate to say this, but it's time to call it a day.
2: Well, good luck with your speaking engagements.
1: Thanks, and we'll be back on again in three weeks. Talk to you then. All right.
2: Thank you. Bye bye.